Let's get ready to rumble. You are going to get us in trouble with that. <laughs> I happen to know with. Yeah, they can't cost a lot of money, doesn't it? But do. it wasn't him, so no. it shouldn't cost anything. Mm. All right, then let's start over. How about who's right, who's wrong? Um, I think that's the wrong pair. Okay, how about this is a battle royale between... Nice ladder match. The two... <laughs> a cage match. <laughs> uh, yeah, between Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. Wow. Knockdown drag out. Yes. Well, before we get into that, though, uh, let me ask you there, John. Yep. What are you listening to these days? Uh, Doesn't have to be Yachty, but it can No, be. you know, the thing that caught me by surprise is actually we were... Um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we managed to go into a record store last weekend. Mm. And my wife bought um, Boz Skaggs' Memphis. So Ooh. that's like from 2014. And, uh, I, I mean, it's not Yachty, but it is Boz. And yeah. what impressed me so much, if you haven't checked that album out, is uh, it's produced by Steve Jordan. Steve Jordan I always associated with, like, the uh, the Letterman band. He's mm-hmm. a you know, hired, aggressive funk drummer. First of all, the way he plays on this record is just so smooth, man, and laid back. You would never guess it was him. But also, I didn't know that he sang backups. He did string arrangements. He did horn arrangements. He did all kinds of stuff on wow. this record. And I never knew that about him. So that's interesting. And mm-hmm. it's, is it yacht? You said is it? I not know it's really. Not no, yacht. it's a it's a Memphis-y sounding okay. thing. It's yeah, cool. It's very good though. I'll have to check that out. Um, what I've been listening to lately is: Are you familiar at all with Lake Street Dive? Oh yeah, yeah. So heard some on the way over. So did you really? Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to save some for off the map because they they're not yachty um, by nature, but they sometimes drift into the harbor, and oh, nice. I have a couple that are sort of I wouldn't even go so far as to say they're yacht adjacent, but what they are is a honest to goodness four piece doing some cool soul. So. Yeah. Real musicians, real I think stuff. They're five piece now, but depending on which track you pulled, yeah, could be. The uh, track I'm pulling is from the 2018 album. Mm, I'm not sure. That's, yeah, I know they added a like a full time keyboard player that they didn't yeah. have before. Yeah, but I, I dig them. So mm-hmm. we'll play, if you're not mm-hmm. familiar with them, uh, they got an L Mountain, I think 2020, but and then one in 2018, and I think is a little bit better. Anyway, back to the matter at okay, hand. The matter at hand, yes. Which is the, we yeah. in passing. During the Tournament of Champions, what did we call that? The uh, Yacht March Madness? Madness? Yacht Madness, <laughs> page 99. Oh, you have many names, yeah. Offhand, I made an offhanded remark saying, because I think there was a Michael McDonald song with maybe Kenny Loggins singing backups yeah. against right. a Kenny Loggins song with Michael McDonald Something on like that. Something yeah. like that. And yeah. I just went with my gut. I said, well, I like Kenny Loggins better than Michael McDonald in our guest with John O'Grady from Milwaukee Yacht Rocks. Said, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you got to unpack shots. that yeah. a little bit more. Yes. He said, I dare you. Not, not I dare you. He said, I want to see you guys dig into that a little bit. Yes. So, so we took the dare. We're unpacking it. So here we are. Well, they also, those two owned, going back to that, those two guys were responsible for the four songs that we um, omitted from the tournament only because they were so obviously far and away above the others. You called them the uh, fatal four. Right. So... You know, these guys are undeniably on probably every yacht Rushmore. Mount I Yachtmore, would imagine. I yeah, know. they have to be. Right. And Christopher Cross has got to be the third undisputed. But I think once you get there, people will start to debate. Because really? people will say, well, maybe Christopher Cross's sound isn't quite as yachty, but he's in because of yada yada. You know, yeah. but I think it's those two get slotted in almost automatically. Yes. The two princes. So, you know, um, and one other thing is that we talked about this in a, um, our podcast, but also in our radio show, that it was very common back then for the same song to be recorded by multiple artists and put out within a very short 
time, sometimes in the same year. Yes. You know, and so we're going to dig into some of that because that is sort of some of the fruit of this thing. Mm. I often, too, this may be a historical, but I feel like the moment these two met is when the sound kind of became a thing. Yeah, you've told that story, and I, I would agree with that. Yeah. It, it, well, even that specific story, which is, I think they call it. Well, that was the writing what of Fool What believes. a Fool Believes, and right. that's the only track that is a 4 by 100 rating. That's true. So perfection was achieved. And Kenny Loggins is outside of the house hearing the tune, and he hears Michael McDonald stumbling on a spot, and he hears it in his head, and they go and they finish the song together. Yeah. So and pretty then, good, yeah, pretty good song. <laughs> yeah, pretty good song. Pretty yachty too. I find. I find. Have you it's noticed? Yachty, the, yeah. yeah. Anywho, so well, we got to do a little side by side comparison. I don't know if you have the tail of the tape. Well, uh, so let me ask you. you yeah. This is not a right or wrong answer, but do you have sort of in your mind a predetermined quote unquote winner going into it? Yeah, I, I, I was going through this when I was kind of finalizing my notes today, and I, I thought I did. Hmm. But honest to God, the more time I spend with that, I feel like I'm just backtracking. I, I did go in with one, but I, I quickly realized that it's maybe— It's probably not the same one I went in with then. Okay. Only because I have a personal preference for Kenny Loggins. And well, we'll that was my it, personal we'll... preference, too. I okay. Think. Yep. Interesting. I would have thought you would have said Michael. Mm -hmm. But as we did our study, I mm -hmm. remain open to being convinced otherwise. Okay. So we'll see how I feel. So I'm going in saying it's Kenny um, on my card. Okay. I think I'm going in with Kenny on my card as well. All right. Well, tell the tape. You got say, any notes there about tail of the tape? Well, we wanted to compare what they do, so we we can look at them as singers, right? You know, and, and say, well, who do you like better as a singer? Mm -hmm. And you know, they're so different mm -hmm. that it's so hard to judge. Um, I do think that Michael is a little bit more of an acquired taste. Um, you know, he has that thing like you know that, that some people just can't stand, and so I think he's a little more acquired at that point. Kenny is a little more accessible, but the flip side of that coin is to say that then Michael is more unique, yes, right? more distinctive. He's more lampoonable, like um, mm -hmm. I think even the Family Guy did a whole yeah. thing where they had to go. Hey, so funny. Anyways. Well, there was some about uh, Michael McDonald sneezing. Ah, too. <laughs> <laughs> so right, but that does also make his voice more distinctive, and probably yeah. why he was such a coveted hired gun. Because again, well, it maybe there's a distinction within the category of singer, backup singer, or lead singer, right? Yeah, because I think Michael McDonald's voice is like perfect for yacht backup vocals. And I feel like Kenny Loggins, who I think is the better singer, more capable singer in terms of just range and style yes. and all that. But he's he's like an anonymous backup singer, I feel like. I don't think his voice right. sticks out at all. I don't either. I don't either. So um, so singer, yeah. So are you talking lead or are you talking backup? Because backup, I'm going with Michael. Lead, I'm going yeah, with Kenny. It almost splits right there. Split I would agree card. with that. Yep. Hmm. So what about then as an instrumentalist? To me, this is kind of a no-brainer there. Um, I don't think that Kenny really shows us much, which isn't to say he can't play. I'm not suggesting that. But he's never really shown us, to me, that he can really play, you know, guitar. Um, right. He's mostly strumming acoustic, very rudimentally, whereas Michael's keyboard playing and some of those Rhodes parts that he lays down are so hard to play. Oh, man. I know. And then he's singing with them. Right. Do you know early on, like in the, I should know this, but Loggins Messina era, was he taking any leads in that era? No, because Messina, Messina was the player. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think you're right there. Who knows how accomplished he is, but in terms of what's on tape, you got to go with Michael McDonald just on the playing side. You do. Um, but both of these guys are relying on session cast to really, you know, take the limelight when you need to get histrionic with a lead, right? Right. 
Right. Yeah. Michael's probably taken more solos, but I wouldn't call him a soloist. Right. Either. So, slight edge to Michael McDonald there. Mm-hmm. If not an all-out mm-hmm. win. Yeah. Clear win to me. Okay, clear win. Oh, yeah. That's a clear win. What else? Well, songwriter is right. where it gets really, really difficult. Um, <laughs> Especially when they collaborate all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, boy. And then you, I don't you know asking, how you don't call that a drop, but yeah. I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? Well, like I started to reframe the question. Is it who's more prolific or who's a quote-unquote better songwriter? The latter question's like a matter of taste, I think. Um, it is, and I can't say that, you know, one has a deeper catalog than the other either. Right, I think you start enumerating songs, and it's just both lists go on and on with, you know, stud tunes. Right. So, Well, and then here's the thing about Kenny, which goes back to why I have a preference. I'm... A bigger fan of the folksier stuff than so I know that's laying probably sits outside of yacht rock, right? But in terms of the canon, it's like I love that really log of the Messina yeah. stuff. Well, Kenny's range as a writer is probably more diverse too. I mean, one of the knocks yeah. on Michael McDonald and the Doobie Brothers era was that all the songs quote sounded the same. I you know upon further listening, that's not really true. But on the surface, listen when it was the next Doobie Brothers song came out on the radio, you're like, ah, oh, it just sounds like the last one. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Even though technically it's probably not no, true. But, but that yeah. was the the impression. Which maybe that's uh, did that kind of start to flame out then by the time he did his first his first solo record was smashing success, right? Yeah. How long did that last in terms of him being at the top of the pop charts with that same sound? Really just that album. He had another album after that, 1985, that gets a little yacht adjacent. It's close. It has some things, but he never really had any really big hits off of it. And then Kenny's career keeps going well beyond the yacht years. Not all stuff that I love, but right. still... Well, that was the thing. The other thing we wanted to compare. Okay. The, we, the They each had something before they became, quote, yacht. Mm-hmm. And then they also had a career after they became, quote, yacht. And, you know, we compare those. So Michael, most of his would be uh, the Steely Dan. So still yacht Yes, definitely. But there he is as a, a backup guy. So mm-hmm. it's, he's not the feature in it. As big a role as he played, he wasn't the feature. Right. You know, Kenny, on the other hand, Loggins and Messina, he definitely was. And even his early solo albums, you know. Yep. Do you, just an offshoot, does that Loggins and Messina era stuff float your boat? Big time. It does? Okay. It. Really? Yeah. Even though it's sonically, do you agree it's sonically not all yachty? But it, I do agree with all that, yeah. but it fits in with me for when I right. like to have it on there. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's Kenny's voice that draws it in, but... Um, like Angry yeah. Eyes, for example. Yeah. I, that's in my playlist. I You could convince me easily that that's not yacht. But, oh yeah, me too. But I love it. Yeah. And it's yachty enough. Okay, so to answer the question, do I find it to be yachty? No, but do I want it in when I'm listening to Yacht Rock? Okay. Yeah, so it floats my boat from that perspective. Gotcha. Okay. And then we got their post-yacht years. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, Kenny became the movie record, the movie theme monster. I mean, he wrote, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know, you got Footloose, you got Danger Zone, you got Caddyshack's uh, I'm All Right. Yep. Um, supposedly, he was asked to write a theme for another movie. Flashdance. That's what it was. Flashdance and declined on that one. No, you know what happened? You know what he told the story when he was live at Daryl's house? What? Is they wrote the song. They went to cut it. It was in the wrong key, and he couldn't pull off the vocal, so he scrapped it. Okay. That's my recollection. Okay. Don't look it up because I don't want any flags, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Okay. Because <laughs> he said that could have been four number ones in a row on soundtrack. Yeah. Caddyshack. It wasn't really done yet because he no. had a fairly good hit off of Caddyshack too, which we've played right? that song. Yes. Know? 
But I think the other three went to number one, and who yeah. knows if the fourth one would have. Uh, oh, man. Um, so, yeah, whereas, that, that kind of became his thing then after us. So write me a hit for our blockbuster theme. movie for the summer. Yeah. Whereas Michael kind of faded into a little bit of uh, a quiet space there. I don't know if there were personal issues or, or just his star faded some or what. Eventually came back later, starting in with those Motown mm-hmm. things. It kind of got his brand back going again. What era would um, that have been, 90s? That, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. have it in front of me, but it seems about right. Yep. Do you have a list? I know you asked in the Yacht Rock group for a list of songs that they both each performed solo separately. Yeah. Do you Did you research a list of songs that they collaborated on? Do you know from a songwriting standpoint? Or maybe they appeared on the other ones. Any idea yeah. what that list is? I don't. I was only looking for three that they co-wrote and both recorded. And nobody was able to offer any other than right. the three that I found. Yeah. I couldn't so, find but any there's three pretty either. good ones, and they're worth yeah. looking at. Yeah. Well, that could be yeah. part of the tale of the tape. Let's do that. You go head to head. Who wore it best? best? Sounds like a new theme. I like it. Do I need yes. a sound effect to go with that? Uh, could be a new. Uh, All right. Uh, yes, you do. So I would say that if we're going to look at the three songs that they do, the first one I would want to look at is the one that they're probably the most similar on. Yet it's probably the least yachty. It's kind of a post yacht. Nineteen eighty five. They both cut. In 1985, a song called No Looking Back. I'm fading out of sight. My wheels are the only sound. So, to me, if we hear that, that's the, um, the Michael version. It's a little more uh, soulful, I suppose you might say. They're both very uh, electronic, sequence, drum machine-y. So, uh, but here's the Kenny version. I would say his is a little more synthetic than Michael's. So let me hit that as well. And one other note I wanted to make on this one is that uh, there was a third writer involved in that song. That's right. And that's Ed Sanford of the Sanford, Sanford and Town- Son. No. Oh. <laughs> Sanford Townsend Band. Oh, okay. Different guy then. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Michael had it as a opening track on, and a title track to the album. And it was released as a single. Went number 34. So modest success. But mm-hmm. um, Kenny um, did not have it as a single. But I like the Kenny version better on that one. Well. It just feels tighter. It feels more refined. Yeah. Me. I'm going to withhold judgment, or at least the rendering of the judgment, because I have a couple of this, things I want to ask you about. Okay. So, personnel. Yeah. The Yachty or personnel? And I know that's not the question we're answering. No, but we're, that's all part of it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, on the Michael McDonald version, the keyboards are Michael McDonald. That's pretty Yachty. Um Joking aside, so yeah. we've got Jeff Picaro on drums, even though that sounds like it's programmed drums. Yeah, he might be playing over the top is what playing I'm Playing over the top. Maybe the fills and things. I don't know. Willie Weeks on bass. Right. And a Mr. David Pack on guitar. Yes. How do you like that? That is. That's kind of cool. I didn't realize he was a session cat. I knew they yeah. kind of worked together here and there. Yeah. Because so the, um, the Kenny personnel, though, is interesting as well. Do you have that? That's uh, Tim Pierce on guitar. Michael Landau on guitar. Well, this is what I wanted to ask you about. And Michael O'Marcian. Yes. And this, by the way, that, that's the Vox Humana album, right? Correct. 
just running down some of the personnel. Buzz, oh, jeez. Yeah. Buzz Fighting, Steve Lukather, David Williams, uh, Steve Wood, Michael Amarshian, you said, yeah. David Foster, Michael Boddicker, Greg Fillingaines, Steve Picaro, um, Nathan East, Abel Boreal, Tristan Bowden, John Robinson, Paulina DaCosta, Sheila E., David Sanborn, Neil Larson. So Larson and Fighting are both part yeah. of this thing. That's cool. Right. Um, Richard Page, yeah. Emma Stewart, <laughs> Elta Barge. Yeah, Pointer Sisters, Philip Bailey. It's like, wow! How did anyone make a buck on that record? That's true. That's true. Anywho, going back to the question though that you brought up is, is it Michael Landau that's doing the leads? Boy, that's hard to say because Pierce plays a lot like that too. They both. And I'm wondering if they split it because there's a mid lead and there's an outro lead. Yeah, maybe. But I wanted to share with you if you could share with the listeners the outro lead. All right. Puts it way over the top from the Michael sure. McDonald version. Because yeah. there's nothing like that on yeah. his version. Right. That is killer stuff. Okay, so you're with me on this version. Yep, so we got uh, both our cards have... Okay. Yeah, that's Kenny Loggins wins that round. Okay. Round two. Round two is 1982. And mm. again, they both released this song in 1982. So it makes you wonder if they had a competition going. Because all three of these songs, they actually released in the same year as each other. And do you remember that? So you're about 15, 16 years old at the time, 17? No, because they weren't all singles, and I didn't always oh, have these records. Right. So, yeah. um, so they, the album came out in 82 for both. Not necessarily released as a single correct. in the same year. Gotcha. Correct. So uh, this is I Gotta Try. It was a single for Michael, and it really didn't do a ton, I guess. I mean, it's... Uh, Surprise, though, looking back 44. now. 44. Yeah, I went to 44. Um, it's pretty high up in the yacht circles, though, don't you Big think? Big time. Yeah. Maybe because they both did it. I don't know. Remember, we had to uh, sort of say you had to take half the Michael version and half the Kenny version to decide uh, which one went through in the tournament. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I bet it's very um, yachty approved because it's so bouncy. You well, know, the Michael keyboard. one particular. Yeah, I mean, that's The Michael what I one is more R&B laced you know kenny's is much more rock um kenny's has that um that great intro tristan bowden's drums and then uh, the wild bass slides uh abe laboreal tris does his cool um sort of tom groove on the pre-choruses I, I like this one driving a little more i like this one a little more rocking um but they both have that really cool uh, key change in them. Middle of the chorus, they jump keys near the end, which is a really cool place to do it. Really, uh, really a surprise. So you wonder, I'm assuming that was written in, I bet, when they wrote it. Must as opposed been. to in the studio, saying, hey, this will be cool here. Yeah. So we want to look at personnel on those. Is this is <laughs> this is a who's who? Yeah, you got it. it? Um, or do you want to hear it? Once you fire it up, because this okay. is uh, Kenny's. Are you starting with Kenny? Well, Kenny's we already talked about a little bit. So you got Michael on keys, you got Tris on drums, Lukather, Laboreal, 
Uh, Richard Page and Steve George. So you have Pages singing backups. I mean, that's pretty solid. High Adventure album, right? Am I, do I have that right? That is correct. Okay. And then we go to Michael's personnel, where he has Steve Gadd on drums, Willie Weeks on bass, Lukather on that version as well. Yep. Boddicker, Phil and Gaines, and Kenny Loggins singing backups for Michael. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How do you like that? So personnel is a toss-up. But again, I'm looking at the, <laughs> the personnel on that album. Again, this is the, the Michael McDonald album. Just people you didn't mention. Ten Templeton, Edgar Winter, Ed Sanford, <laughs> Christopher Cross, Brenda Russell, Amy Holland. He should have ended up with her. Um, Steve Lukather, you mentioned. Yep. Uh, Lewis Johnson, of course. Of and course. I keep forgetting. Mike Picaro, Steve. It's like, man. So go to uh, High Adventure then. Do you have High Adventure tabbed I do. up there you too? You the whole... Uh, Just uh, the highlights of what you see. Okay. Um... Well, I mentioned, uh, this is going to sound awfully familiar. You're going to think I'm on the same uh, Vox Humana. But Neil Larson, Steve Wood, David Page, David Foster, um, mm. Steve Lukather. A little more Toto on that Vernon one. Porter. Mm, he's a bassist that uh, doesn't yep. come up much. Abel Boreal, Tristan Bowden, Nathan East, uh, Lenny Castro, Paulino da Costa again, David Sanborn, Marty Page, Steve Perry. Yeah, and, uh, don't fight they, it. They, they do oh, it, don't right. fight it. Yeah, Richard track. Page. God, it's just like if you're following along, it, to me it seems like I'm reading the same list over and yep, over again. It's I know. different lists. Yeah. So personnel, just overall. Do you have a preference of vibe for that one? Obviously one was a single and the other was not, but. I definitely do. Yeah. The, the first one that I ever heard that I got to know was the Kenny version, so that could possibly be tilting my opinion. What's yours? And for me, it's the other way around. So first one I remember hearing is Michael McDonald. Yeah. And you still hold that one as the one you yes. prefer. Okay. But not by a ton. This is like um, winning on points in this round. Yes, yes. It wasn't a knockdown. Yes, right. exactly. Right. And same with you, but the other way around? You going yes. with Kenny? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I had that High Adventure album and played it over and over and over again. So, um, you know, to me, that's the way the song was, quote, supposed to sound because mm-hmm. that's the way I got to know it. Which so. one came out first? Now, I mean, I know they're concurrent. Jeez, I don't know. Boy. They both released. So August of 92. 82. Yes, 82, even earlier than I thought. Um, <laughs> and then, so that's High Adventure. And if that's what it takes is the album, right? Yep. August of 82. Oh, my gosh. No way. <laughs> that can't be right. So now which which day? <laughs> <laughs> well, one was on a Thursday. The other one was on a Friday. Oh, there okay. you go. There it is. I don't know which is which, though. So All right. So that's um, we're going to split card there. Yep. So yep. I got points. You got points. Are you writing all this down? I'm not. Uh, mentally, I am. Okay. Which is, that could be a problem. That is not my strong suit. Let us move on Round to the, uh, the legendary, the, uh, the 4 by 100 Picture Perfect Yacht Rock song. All right, so round three. This could yep. be the deciding round. Mm-hmm. And what do we got here? Well, this is What a Fool Believes. Yes. And really, there's um, three versions that they worked on together. That's true. And I don't know if you had that in your notes, but... Uh, I did. Uh, I had a couple of quick starter notes on uh, What a Fool Believes. It's almost like, well, what is there to say about it? This I'm referring to the Doobie Brothers version um, because it is the perfect Yacht Rock song. It's the center of the universe. Um, supposedly, this is the song that gives you the best definition of what the Doobie Bounce is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of the most successful songs of all time. And that would be, obviously, Michael's version. But I found this note that is really interesting. One of the few non-disco Number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100 during 1979. So, I mean, he was breaking the disco barrier, the stranglehold ahead on the charts. Check out these songs real quick. There were number one disco hits, and he had to fight through all this. 
Uh, BG's Too Much Heaven, La Freak, Do You Think I'm Sexy, I Will Survive, Tragedy, Hot Stuff, Bad Girls, Good Times by Chic, Rise, Herb Alpert. I mean, and he cut through all that clutter eventually to take that to number one with the doobies. That's amazing. That must have been the pinnacle of disco then. Yeah, had to be. Because, God, they, they just really saturated the charts. Right. Which is going to be, that's foreshadowing to an episode we're going to have next week, which explains some things. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in that. And yeah. We'll come back to that next week. Hmm. Okay. Well, and then there's the, um, uh, it's on the Night Watch album. Is that yep. right? And for Kenny? Kenny's, yeah. It's a little more lo-fi, kind of quirky in instrumentation, at least when it starts out. Again, Tristan Bowden is on drums again. Yep. Um, the pre-choruses and the choruses are somewhat similar to the doobies. You know, similar harmonies, similar build-up and all that. Yep. Except for one spot, that second verse, where they take that, just that left turn diversion into a guitar solo, seemingly out of nowhere. And then back into the pre-chorus, and I miss that now. I, I at first it always caught me off guard. I'm like, "What are they really? thinking?" And now I love it. Oh, see, that still it's has. I, I haven't acquired that taste yet. <sighs> so I want to just remind people all of the nice things I said about Kenny Loggins today and in the past, because I'm just going to come out and say it. I do not like this version of this song ah, nice. at all. So to me, this is a Mike Tyson knockdown. Yeah. Ooh. 10 count, boom, Ooh. it's over. Ooh. Because it's also Michael McDonald's, like Magnum Opus, right? So yeah. um, I don't disagree with any of that. Yeah. yeah. Even though you kind of miss that left turn. Uh, yeah. When you don't hear it, it. Probably because it's fresh to me now, though. That's yeah. part, of, part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so it just sound, it sounds so weird, and I think it's mostly because I'm so used to the Dewey Brothers version, mm-hmm. and it is so quirky. It's like I hear it, it's like, this is what? Yeah. Who did this? Yeah, um, I agree. Anyways. But so, then there's that uh, concert outdoor from the Redwoods version, mm, which you brought up. Yes. Which was a Kenny Loggins concert, right? Correct. And he brought on various friends and right. whatever to appear. That version is so chill and smooth. I know. I just wrote down Melty. It is. <laughs> it is yeah. so good. So who do you credit that one to? I got, uh, both. I just think yeah. it was worth... Uh, it's, it's cool because, I don't know, um, when they finally start to kick into the groove, the crowd... You can hear them just coming along with it. Like, they're, you know, first they're like, okay, they're just going to ballad this thing out. This is kind of boring. And then all of a sudden the groove kicks in and everyone's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <you> can hear <laughs> and even Kenny, you can hear him off mic. So, Come on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I did find an additional version of this, which I thought was at least worth talking about because it has Michael on it. Um, what year was it? About 2014 or so. The Doobies got back together, most of the main guys, and did an album where they brought on a bunch of guest artists, and it was called Southbound, where they did a bunch of Southern rock versions mm. of their songs or countryfied versions of their songs. Really? And they had, like, Zach Brown and people like that. Well, they did a version of uh, What a Fool Believes with Sarah Evans. She's a country singer. Yeah. And it's pretty good. And it, she duets it with Michael. So Michael's singing on it. And they also do the Kenny Loggins diversion in that. Oh. Uh-huh. So is it better than the Kenny Loggins version? Uh, 
Um, it's a little more modern sounding, right. which isn't always better for me, but I agree that the Kenny thing is a little lo-fi for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which is really surprising. I kind of said it earlier, and we kind of got covered up. Bob James produced it, so it yeah. really doesn't sound like Bob James. No, I was looking at that. I was like, that doesn't make sense. No. But, well, if you were just going to do a comparison of our scorecards, then Michael McDonald, for that section, there, oh, yes. comparing head-to-head head songs that they each recorded, Michael McDonald wins. Yeah, I guess it does. Mm-hmm. I guess that's true. But earlier on, we were saying that perhaps just at a 30,000-foot level, Kenny feels like the preference. Well, let's, uh, let's well, go ahead. Well, I thought maybe the last part we could do is just examine legacies yeah. or the overarching catalogs or however you want to put it. Right, you, it you isn't necessarily list. all of it. I mean, mostly the yacht area stuff. I mean, we're not going to go into, you know, the Christmas album that Michael put out two years ago or something like that. We're talking <laughs> at least era specific, though not necessarily all Yachty stuff. I think we need to kind of okay stay there, don't you? Yep. So I will represent one of the artists and you represent the other. Okay. Do we want to do each song head to head or do we want to re- read the entire? No, just re- read the okay, list so and let's I'll see. I'll represent Loggins. Okay. And so I will be the, uh, offend- the uh, prosecution here. Okay. We got This Is It and Heart to Heart. Yeah. Two of the Fatal Four. Correct. Whenever I Call You Friend with mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks. Right? Right. Heartlight. Mm-hmm. I Gotta Try. Right. Who's Right, Who's Wrong. Mm-hmm. What a Fool Believes, which yeah. we talked about. I Believe in Love. Yeah. Celebrate Me Home. Yeah. And you didn't include, but I'm just going to throw on there, keep the fire because it's so yacht appropriate. Yeah, and there's probably some Loggins and Messina stuff you could go back to as well. Right. Uh, depending. Well, then uh, the defense attorney would might answer with this. So Michael's version of What a Fool Believes. Of course, we're talking doobies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep forgetting. Mm-hmm. I got to try. Yeah. Let's not forget about Yamo B there. Right. With Ingram, right? Echoes of Love, Minute by Minute, It Keeps You Running, Taking It to the Streets, yep. You Belong to Me, Real Love, all huge doobies And hits. there's probably a ton more doobie stuff that you could throw in there, Yeah, too, I was that- just kind of hitting the highlights there. So Boy. what does your gut tell you after reading that list of for each? Do you have a gut? The, to me, those are a draw. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, huh. Logan sort starts to veer off in places into the more folksier stuff when you look at that catalog. Yep. But, um, I think, jeez, oh, I think McDonald's stuff is more consistently yacht, at least in that selection that you chose. Which Agreed. we're grabbing like a top ten sort of Agreed. of each. Roughly. Um, I would say McDonald could win on points there, but it would be close. Yeah. Would you put it a draw or would you pick someone? You know, I can't get out of my head, even though I know we're a Yacht Rock related podcast, I can't get out of my head some of the early Loggins and Messina stuff. And I also can't completely ignore that Kenny continued to evolve with the times and remain hugely successful, if not even more successful. Right. If that's yeah, probably. And Michael sort of faded off at least during that period as we got into the late 80s and all that stuff. So I can't ignore all that, and I've got to give a tick in the column with Kenny on that. Okay. And then I will say, just to counter that, if the question is who wore it best, comma, Yacht Rock, I think it's Michael. Correct. I agree. Hmm. I agree. So maybe that's the way we should be looking at it. Do we want to render a final judgment? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) How about... Oh, see, but I want to pick Loggins just because I want to. I know. But I just made a pretty good case for McDonald. Well, why don't we let our listeners decide? Yeah, that's better. That way we don't have to. So we are going to post this. When you hear the episode, there will be an accompanying post on Facebook 
vote for who wore it best, either Yacht Rock or just their musical career, with a comment. And we'll let y'all fight it out. All right. Sounds good. Which lets us get on to the lightning round. Yes. I have a, uh, a somewhat theme-appropriate lightning round selection. Do you? I feel like I could like edit that in to every single episode. <laughs> you say it every time. Yeah. So maybe that's just <laughs> my matter standard uh, yeah. mode of operandi. But to answer your question, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of do. I already alluded okay. to the fact that my off-the-map is going to be Lake Street Drive. So okay. that's not. So you can go. I'll go first then on this one since you're going to go first. I'm, I'm going to assume that's, well, maybe it's going to be buried treasure. It could be off the map. Who knows? The mystery remains. Yes. Um, the float your boat section. I'm going to ask you uh, if you think this one floats your boat. We just got done talking about the Kenny's uh, list of songs. And I want to ask you what your feeling is on the song Heartlight, or also known as later got retitled as Welcome to Heartlight. So not to be confused with... Uh, Neil Diamond's tune or the movie. I like the love and I like the peaceful. I wish everyone I know could stand in the hard life. I hold a hand. I walk with the teacher. We welcome in the morning singing together. Well, is it clear in your head? Because it's not clear in my mind. It actually is in my head, but. Okay. Um, I want to say n- no, but I w- like it enough that I want to say yes. Well, that's my answer as well. Yeah. It's, it feels like era appropriate and all that stuff, but it doesn't have the, quote, Yachty vibe. But I really like having it in my list because it's close enough from a, you know, I like my list to have a little bit of swing back yes. forward to it, you know. Uh, there's an interesting story about that song very quickly. The lyrics of that, it's actually named after a school, like um an elementary or something school in Southern California. Hmm. Um, and I don't remember because this was something I read in a magazine and so I couldn't find it and look it up. It wasn't like an internet thing I could go back to. But I recall the story going something like there was a project in the school, like an art project where they, the kids, these were young kids, like I'm talking like second, third grade maybe, and they were supposed to draw a picture and fill in the blank. I like blank. Now, I don't know if Kenny was involved with the school and involved in this project and it was a sort of research for him, or he just happened to see some of these things and was moved by them. But he loved the idea of the I like, and that's why the opening lyric is, I like the love and Mm. I like the peaceful. The reason that he wrote, I like the love, not I like love, is because that's the way the kid wrote it. I like the love. And there were others in there that sort of, he changed around a little bit, was inspired by it. He has the, I, I like the... Um, I like the rain, or I'm like the rain is what it became, because hmm. uh, I like your thunder. But it was a really neat story of how he came yeah. about the lyrics of that. That is cool. Hmm. Very cool. Well, all right, so let me uh, see if this floats your boat. I'm going to ask you, what's going on, Marvin Gaye? And you're going to say, no. Well, listen to this. familiar with that version not until you just played it for me i just discovered it today That's really in the cool. yacht rock group somebody posted it and like, it's oh, a I cover this down. Uh, that obviously he did live with billy preston yeah um so billy preston sings the second verse and part of the chorus but i thought that had some yachty vibes to it's it. got a lot of vibe to it they're really playing up the shuffle in that yep and you got michael mcdonald obviously it's got alto sax um 
depending on what you were listening for. You know, Michael McDonald's playing the yep. electric piano, so it's really What's not cool. to love? Yep, so put that one in your yeah. radar. Cool. So since I found a Michael McDonald song mm-hmm. for Does It Float Your Boat, I tried to find a Kenny Loggins song for Buried Treasure. How'd that go? Not well. Because <laughs> I think I've used them all. Yeah. So instead... What I decided to do was refer back to our Yacht Shocker radio show from Catch of the Day. Okay. And credit you with finding a very Sweet. Jimmy Messina Yacht oh. Rock song. And that is Seeing You for the First Time. Seeing you for the first time was such a sweet dream. The shocker in that whole thing was A, how yachty and not folksy it was, it being Jim Messina. Right. And then the guitar work. The style that he plays there is so different from what he's used to. Yes. So cool. So sorry, Kenny, I couldn't work you into Buried Treasures, but your old pal, Jim Messina. Yes. I'm sure that's, you'll be fine with that. What do you got? Well, I managed to find a deep cut from the Doobie Brothers that I felt like was worth mentioning. Um, I don't know that it was a big hit, but I think a lot of the big-time Doobies fans and certainly Yacht Rock Doobies fans would like the song. And this is uh, No Stopping Us Now. What's neat about that is that Chris Thompson, who was the lead vocalist at the time for Manfred Mann's Earth Band, you know, think the voice from Blinded by the Light, yes. something like that, he's on uh, backups and that. So you got two amazing voices there working yeah. against each other. Yeah. So that guy's name isn't Manfred Mann? The lead singer? No. No. Hmm. No, he was the synth guy. Oh, okay. And he had his Earth Band. I'm well aware of the Earth Band. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. That's well, a cool tune. Um, let's see. I might as well just let you have the... Uh, Lake Street Dive song. All right. So this is from the 2018 album. It's the first song. It comes out, like I said, it's drifting into the harbor, not entirely yachty, but see if you got any yachty vibes from Baby Don't Leave Me Alone With My Thoughts. Baby Don't Leave Me Alone With My Thoughts I don't want to get caught in the currents of my mind Baby Don't Leave Me Alone With My Thoughts Ooh. Amazing pipes on that one. Oh my! Yeah, it's almost too much for Yachty feels. You know, for she's sure, so yeah. aggressive and so good. But I guess maybe in the Hall and Oates area, yes. of that you know, because Daryl Hall can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's probably where I would sort of put it in the the small branch of yacht that I'm sort of allowing some Hall and Oates on. I might yep. uh, put that in there as a companion piece. Yes, a lot of soul vibes, but uh, again, it's off the map, so it just slips right into the mix. And... Soul vibe seems to be the most forgiving place to add stuff, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> kind of like a miscellany, if you will. Yeah. All right, what do you got? So my off the map is off the map because it's definitely um, time frame, well off the map. But there are some elements in this song that uh, after I play it for you, I'll kind of point out. But I think that this one has some try to yacht if that's even a thing. Try to yacht? Try to yacht. Okay. Yeah. Right. This is John Mayer, and it's called I Don't Trust Myself with Loving You from 2006. Hold on to whatever you find, baby. Hold on to 
So it's super laid back in a Donald Fagan sort of way. Yep. But it's trying to yacht. It is. I mean, I think almost intentionally because he's got Willie Weeks on bass. Oh, it's the only track that Willie Weeks plays on on that album. Man, his Remember, name came up a couple times today. I know. Yeah. Remember I mentioned Steve Jordan drumming for that um, Boz Skaggs album? Yes. That was him there. Does that wow. sound at all like what you think of Steve Jordan? No. Super no. chill. So it's got that eighth note pulsing keyboard thing going, which is you know one of the elements of the Doobie Bounce. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this song has a bounce, but right. it's got that cheesy analog synth like we've referenced before from Pages. and. Yes. Um, Eventually, some jazz horns come in at the very end. I mean, it's stay, it's mellow, but you know, it kind of slow rolls its way into yacht. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced. Uh, I'm putting it into my modern yacht playlist it's right good now. Place. So, won't go in my yacht rock playlist. No, mine either. Uh, well placed and off the map. Well, there you go. I think we kicked off a new series, though, that we hope to come back to, which is the Who Wore It Best idea. Well, we mentioned that earlier on, that there's a lot of songs that came out in very close proximity to other by multiple artists. In some in some cases, they were both released as singles. And so maybe we go back and compare these songs, kind of do a red carpet, Who Wore It Best? Yes. And I want to hold... I want to take someone to the carpet. Is that the expression? Call them to the carpet? Call them to the carpet for whoever tried to cover Bill of Bounty. Michael Johnson think it was right yeah yeah well i'll we'll have words with him hmm. um and i can tell you who wore it best already so yeah that'll be who wore it best uh up for ideas for that one too right yeah we'd love to hear ideas i have a preliminary question okay which of the following words do you think wears yachtiness best mm-hmm. ahoy mm. or polloi 